we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. There are so many oddities out there playing out in the world, friends. You never know even really where to begin. <laughs> yeah, one thing about this business I'm in is there is no shortage of news, I have to tell you right now. Oh, wow. Well, welcome to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here with my dear brother, Peter. McCullough, great to be on. <laughs> okay, Dr. McCullough. Let's so let's go through some news items we've got, and we're going to connect the dots here up front a little bit for friends, and then we'll get into all of the questions that we have here. We're going to start with the monkeypox. What is the latest of this? I've seen various pieces and articles. It seems to be hyped up a little bit here. Uh, what's going on? Are there more cases of this, uh, Dr. McCullough, or what's the latest? Yeah, our CDC has said that there's 2,000 cases in the United States now, uh, I think over 40 in Texas. Uh, it's unclear to me how they're amassing the case count. Uh, recently, Quest Diagnostics, Quest Diagnostics just released a PCR assay. So if one pops one of the blisters and takes a swab, you can actually send it into Quest, and they'll do a PCR assay for monkeypox, which is an orthopox virus. Remember, monkeypox related to smallpox and to camelpox and cowpox. It's a non-fatal skin rash, uh, blisters over the trunk, uh, hands, arms, legs, and um, it doesn't spread very readily. Uh, the U.S. has already pre-purchased now millions and millions of doses of a vaccine. The U.S. preferred approach appears to be a vaccine, although there's a very good uh, treatment called TPOX or Ticoviramat available orally or IV, and it's been used now. There was a case in Dallas this summer, and they simply treated him at home with TPOX, and he did perfectly fine. Remember, most of the cases come out of the Congo basin, um, but it's now spreading among a particular group, which is basically gay men, men who have sex with men. And a report that just hit the wires from Barcelona by Alda Pero Maestres, and the title of the paper is called Frequent Detection of Monkeypox Virus DNA in Saliva, Semen, and Other Samples from 12 Patients, Barcelona, Spain, May to June 2022. Very well done paper, but I can tell you it's 12 men. Uh, they are very sexually active. Some of these men have up to 10 partners in a month. Uh, they're involved in various types of sex clubs and other activities. They all had suspected monkeypox. Turns out that their saliva, semen, and other secretions were loaded with it, absolutely loaded. And the conclusions are that, you know, it's not hard to spot who has this illness. Uh, you know, I don't think a vaccine uh, should be considered unless it's really a group of people just like this who want to take a monkeypox vaccine, but certainly wouldn't apply to uh, you know, people outside of those circles. Remember, people over age 50 have already taken the smallpox vaccine, so they already have some immunity. And it doesn't spread very readily. Now, I've yet to see a case in my clinical practice, and with only 40 some odd cases in Texas, it's going to be very unlikely that I see a case. But if I do, I simply would tell the patient to go home and we treat them with, uh, with T-pox and they'll be perfectly fine. So the point is this was published in uh, Euro Surveillance. Uh, 
Piero Maestres is the first author. The point is, it's not a mystery who has this disease. It's not a mystery of how it spreads. And I think the people can really reduce their fear level on this. Yeah, I, I looked at the paper as well that you're speaking about there. And, you know, it, it brings me back as a child, actually, uh, like a lot of people we remember getting chicken pox. We remember having the measles, uh, all those childhood diseases. God, I remember Peter running out in the woods and getting poison ivy all the time for that matter. I always had those kinds of things. Uh, later on in life, there was a time where I did get shingles. That's sort of connected to the chicken pox kind of thing, isn't it? That's right. So shingles is a reactivation of the varicella zoster virus, which is a chickenpox virus. And, you know, the thing is, some of these viruses, when you get them, you know, they're installed in your body. Chickenpox does an install. So does herpes type one, herpes type two. Anybody who has a cold sore, whether it's in the mouth or nose, it, it can come out over and over again, just like uh, the chickenpox or shingles virus. Yeah. So let me ask you right out. I remember when HIV AIDS came, there was a lot of fear, a lot of hype, uh, and there was a lot of death early, early on before the disease was really understood. And there were uh, uh, remedies for it to be able to treat and, and help uh, folks, which now people live with that. Um, is, I, I've seen different stories about this where people said this is not a gay disease specifically. So is it just the way it's being spread through gay men or is this, or is this being classified as a gay disease or do you know? Well, it's, it's primarily a zoonosis means it, it spreads from the monkeys or it can spread from uh, pouch rats or other animals from the Congo basin to people. So it's normally a zoonosis, but now that it's spreading from person to person, the question is, among which type of people is it spreading? And the answer there is gay men. Uh, that's what I thought, what you just said. So that answers a lot, actually, there. So, um, I mean, it's cause and effect. I mean, they're doing things that they probably shouldn't be when you see these things in front of you. And uh, anyways, that's a whole other story for another day, probably for another show, in fact, friends, somewhere else. But anyways... All right. So monkeypox, uh, do you find it strange at all? One last thing on this. Do you find it strange at all? And, and I don't really know. I'm just asking the answer to this, but that the federal government has ordered all this investment into vaccines and stuff. I mean, is that a weird sort of phenomenon or what? Well, it turns out that what I'm learning is we've had response teams that are planning for bioterrorism, smallpox, monkeypox, and the NIH group that funds it is called BARDA. The Department of Defense group that funds it is called DARPA. And they are planning for this. And so the plan is always threat, vaccine, threat, vaccine. That's the reason why there's such a focus on vaccines. So it appears, I wonder, this fear from COVID and everything we've learned or not learned, I mean, it seems we're carrying the battle scars forward in a very odd sort of way, Dr. McCullough. No, I think they're concurrent. When you look backwards, you can see that there's been monkey monkeypox and smallpox development teams. You know, there was an earlier smallpox vaccine that they tried out in the military in 2003, vaccinated 250,000 of our soldiers, uh, you know, just to see if it would work. And we found out that actually causes heart damage and myocarditis, the, the uh, smallpox vaccine. But no, these have been concurrent development projects, uh, you know, for SARS-CoV-2, uh, the University of North Carolina published the papers. Uh, the first author is Vinit Minichiri, senior author Ralph Barrick in 2015. And the titles of the paper is 
you know, emergence of SARS-CoV-2. They were basically manufacturing the virus. They took the spike protein off the bat virus that they needed from China. The work was done in the Chinese lab. They loaded it on the innocuous human coronavirus and they made it. They actually engineered SARS-CoV-2 and they, in the title of the paper is the emergence. They were getting ready for it. In these papers, they're also concurrently developing vaccines every time. I, so have, it's, bad, I have a bad feeling. Well, I mean, it's just that this has been a bioterrorism planning development thing. Yeah. Now you yeah. can think about it that we're just trying to be smart. We're trying to be one step ahead of the bad guys. So we're working with these, you know, deleterious organisms in order to try to come up with a remedy. But the remedy is always apparently a vaccine. Now there's other ones. There's clearly been anthrax, anthrax vaccine, aspergillus spores. Um, but the thing that I think that's bothersome is that, you know, how many vaccines can a human body take? And remember, mm-hmm. vaccines, not treatment. And some of these things, it would take forever to recognize something's going on. Uh, at least with smallpox, we've got a treatment called T-pox or T-coviramat. But um, the, the idea with SARS-CoV-2 from the very beginning, it was about developing the virus and the developing the vaccine concurrently. Up on my Twitter feed is the Moderna material transfer agreement, which was signed in December of 2019. This was before the virus was released from the lab. Moderna was clearly, it takes months and months and months to get to a material transfer agreement. It takes years before that to actually figure out what material you're going to transfer. I can tell you Moderna was working on the vaccine with the Chinese for years ahead of time. It's clear. Wow. I mean, just to think how much you've learned. I'm just thinking about that as you're talking there. You probably never thought in your lifetime you'd be (laughs) this much information in this particular field and how much you've learned and how much we're learning as people and all of this is is, um, uh, just uh, shattering really to us. Um, With a lot of the other oddities now happening out there, you recently had, you were contacted, this is an interesting juxtaposition and things, a couple of different pieces to this uh, puzzle here. You you recently had a contact or communications with the Screen Actors Guild, and this is regarding uh, some very unusual activities with uh, celebrities, actors, and uh, I guess that could be a lot of different folks in there, uh, in their unexplained deaths. Uh, Tell us about that. You know, the Screen Actors Guild uh, uh, has had one of the strictest vaccine requirements. I think a lot of people don't know this. Anybody they see on Netflix or on TV, on the major motion picture, uh, they have mandatorily taken uh, vaccines and boosters. And it's almost, uh, again, to an absurd level. You can imagine these people fly all over the world. They're in commercial aircraft. They're going out to restaurants. Uh, but when they're acting on the stage, they're not necessarily closer to anybody else. But yes, yet they have to take a vaccine to be on stage. And, and people are very much questioning this, uh, particularly with some recent unexplained deaths. A comedian, Jack Knight, died at age 28. Family confirmed his death. Again, no mention of why a perfectly young person who's on stage would die. Another one, a Netflix star, uh, Busey Busey Larey died uh, at age 36. So she was in uh, uh, How to Ruin Christmas. Uh, you know, with these deaths, there not, doesn't seem to be any family outrage. There's no explanation for why they died. There's no mention or whether or not they took the vaccine. But I can tell you on this one, this one's easy. It's the Screen Actors Guild. You knew they took the vaccine. 
Other ones are just highly suspicious. I'll tell you another one, Ivana Trump. Ivana Trump, uh, you know, her close friends indicated she was really afraid of COVID. She was a germaphobe. Doesn't state whether or not she takes the vaccine, but at her age, late 70s, very likely she took the vaccines. She was about to take a first trip to Europe. She was about, she felt well enough to go travel to Europe. And then sure enough, uh, she falls down a flight of stairs. Now she's said to have died of blunt chest trauma, which is actually kind of hard to die of blunt chest trauma, not head trauma, but chest uh, down a flight of stairs. But that was the purported cause of death. One can't uh, help but conjecture whether or not she's taking the vaccine and she you know, she had an arrhythmia or some other uh, abnormality and then fell down the stairs and had these blunt injuries. But, you know, it's case after case now of people who are dying that the questions have to be asked. Did they take the vaccine? Which ones? What lot numbers? Uh, how many of them? And when was the last one of them taken? Because there'll be more and more celebrities almost every day now. Someone else is dying unexpectedly. Yeah, and there's so much we will probably never know. And Ivana Trump was only 73, by the way. She's young, a really young woman uh, when you consider our average life expectancy. But again, you're right. There's no connection of dots, and a lot of this information is not forthcoming uh, out there. Now, let's. Uh, there's another interesting uh, piece that I think listeners would love to know a little bit more about. And, you know, I think we all experience or are understanding that life is changing in front of us in our lifetimes in ways that we could have never imagined. And, you know, th this whole idea of what's being taught in the schools, uh, Dr. McCullough, with uh, gender, uh, gender confusion, let's call it, because that's really what it is. There's an interesting piece with the AMA recently uh, on, on this story. Um, Give us a perspective on what you what you think about this this confusion that's being pushed out there, because a lot of people are questioning why this rapid change into society that people are you either have to accept these things or you're called out and you're called names or you're you're put out. Uh, what is going on with this story with the AMA? Now there appears to be a series of of destabilizing sociological events that are happening. Uh, so it's a good way to put it, actually, brother. <laughs> no, no, but they're, but they're destabilizing from Me Too to Black Lives Matter uh, to um, uh, Roe versus Wade uh, turned at the, the federal level, uh, gender confusion, wokeism. Uh, these things are destabilizing us. Uh, fuel prices skyrocketing, inflation, uh, fears of food shortages, things that are just destabilizing. I was asked to go on John Newman today outside the Beltway, and he had a piece on this. And you know, I pointed out, I had recently just learned, but it turns out that a year ago, the American Medical Association recommended that doctors no longer indicate if it was a boy or a girl on the birth certificate. Now, this has been going on for, for hundreds of years. I mean, you know, women uh, who are pregnant, they go get an ultrasound to find out the gender. And to suddenly suggest officially that we shouldn't um, indicate the gender is, is an abrupt change. And the, the, the question on the table is, you know, who's doing this? Uh, why is this happening? Uh, you know, there's people in the White House. Uh, Newman showed a clip from a person in the White House with all different discussions about, about uh, puberty, altering treatment, and uh, 
and sex changes before puberty and just all kinds of discussion. Anybody who's listening to this, uh, if they want to review their local textbooks for their elementary schools, they may be shocked to learn that there's basically frank pornography in these um, in these uh, childhood textbooks, uh, yeah. man on man, woman on woman, uh, just absolutely disturbing things going on. The, the human mind is in some type of disturbia right now. It's been going on at least for a few years. It appears to be accelerating. The one common theme of all these destabilizing events, they seem to be desecration of the human body. It seems to be something where the human body is being injured or mocked or tortured or altered and, um, you know, away from uh, God's design for the human body. Mm -hmm. So it is a common theme, uh, but one can't help remark Mm -hmm. on how rapid it is and how pervasive it is. All the social norms are out the window now today, all social norms, it's all changed. And what's happened, uh, Peter, is this is all made for people to be forced to accept it. These are new norms that are being put into play and and the society is being forced to accept it. And if you don't accept it, you are absolutely called out and called all kinds of names, not to mention racist being one of them that they use consistently. So social norms are all out the window now as things are changing rapidly in society. So your point is in connecting a lot of these stories is to wait a minute here, let's step back and take a look at things. Uh, There is a lot more to the story here. You're exactly right. And we need to get to the bottom of what these norms are or not. Our life is changing like we've never thought possible. And it's happening in real time in our lifetimes. And that's what's really hard to accept for all of us. And I think most people are understanding, they're loving, they're open-minded, they have fear thinking, they're, they love life, love God, all these positive things. So it's not like they're running with phobias, but there's a force here in play. Now, interesting on this story we're talking about right now, let me say this out there. Uh, I, I, it's a perfect time to throw this all out there. Dr. Peter Bregan and his wife, Ginger Bregan. Now, uh, of course, they have uh, the, the big book out there about the global predators. We, you, you all know that already. It's done remarkable. He, in fact, is on America Out Loud Pulse here uh, every Thursday after this show on Wednesday. You'll catch uh, it. It's phenomenal. If you haven't heard it, it's absolutely terrific. They're the most charming couple. He's got a three-part series coming out this week. So let me, let me tell you right now, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Dr. Peter Bregan, he'll be on Viewpoint this Sunday, by the way, this coming weekend. But this is a very interesting three-part story. He put a lot of time into this. Matthias Desmet, mass hypnosis expert or Trojan horse? And it gets into the whole psychosis. Of course, as you know, Dr. McCullough, uh, Bregan is a psychotherapist. This is his background, correct? Right. It's true. He's a psychiatrist, and you're right. He's an expert in cognitive behavioral therapy. Matthias Desmet is a clinical psychologist who's been studying the, um, the the sociological groups, psychological problem of mass formation, and and Bregan's the first one to confront this and and say, is this really happening or not? And it's going to be. This is. I'm going to listen to every bit of it. This is going to be quite a challenge because. Matthias Desmond has made a lot of sense to us 
And, uh, you know, what Bregan may say is that, listen, this is something different. If, if, if this is very much an intentional operation, people are just responding to an intentional operation, which would be diff- different than falling into a, a trance. So we'll have to see how this, yeah. how this yeah. really comes up. That is so perfectly said, Peter. That's so perfectly said. That is a great tee up for you all to understand. That's why we're running this on the three-day series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday, Viewpoint this Sunday on our weekend news magazine, 10 a.m. in the morning, Eastern, 6 in the afternoon podcast as well. Uh, You'll hear Dr. Bregan on this story, and there'll be a three-part series you can read about this. Uh, I've been working with uh, him on this. A lot of time has gone into this. He's put into this. And this three-part series we're going to roll out to expose, well, as he says, mass hypnosis or Trojan horse. So it ought to be quite fascinating. And I'm going to be seeing it all in real time like you will be out there. So tune in on the weekend and certainly leading up to the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for all of that. But it puts into play a lot of things that Dr. McCullough and I are talking about right now in regards to these oddities coming out, which leads me to the first question, which will be from Gene. And Gene says, and listen to this, this should tie it up in a nice bag for everybody. How are these people able to continue to promote these jabs knowing they are more harmful than beneficial? Are we going to ever see justice? And what about the ruling handed down by the International Common Law Court of Justice, January 15, 2022? So he's looking, are we ever going to see justice? So Well, that's a fitting question to throw out there. What do you think, Dr. McCullough? Well, actually, that question is getting at this whole idea of are we in mass formation or is this a very intentional, illegal crime that's going on? This is what Bregan is going to tease out. I think what I want the listeners to appreciate, though, is that, you know, on our side of pursuit of truth, we need to have multiple different viewpoints that could be radically different from one another uh, on the side of promoting the vaccines and, and promoting this government narrative. Uh, there is no viewpoint. There is no, you know, opposing points where people discuss something. If you notice, uh, you know, on CNN, there will never be two people saying, well, the vaccines could work. They may not. Let's discuss this or these treatments may work or may not. Let's. There's never any discussion on the other side, at least on our side, on the major psychological hypothesis, uh, Bregan's about ready to, to blow things open in terms of a, a, you know a, a a a discussion and a review, and and it's only through this what's called scientific discourse can we actually get closer to the truth. You know, it makes me uh, very proudful to sit here and talk to you, uh, Brother Peter, about all of this and knowing the kind of work we're doing and the importance of this all. And I'm just not lost on the moment here. That's all I will say. Uh, Listen, a lot of the things you just talked about moments ago in regards to the schools and, you know, we talk about on our platform on America Out Loud routinely. I mean, we have educators, we have deans, we have teachers. That's the thing about America Out Loud. We have best in class, best in class. That's what it's all about. It's, It's got nothing. I mean, there are no egos here, people. There are no egos I mean, we have scientists, we have NASA scientists, we have brilliant people speaking about the climate fear and all of that. I mean, you know what I mean? You go to the experts like Dr. McCullough here, the Dr. Bregan and the psycho world, you know, you know what I'm saying? And then you have a level of truth and you can understand and bring it forward. And that's what it's all about. Good people bringing it forward. Now, recently, I want to connect the dots here and I, I right up front of the program, we'll get into all the questions in a moment here. 
I would be amiss if I don't do this right now, since we're on this topic. There have been a lot of people who have been, uh, their lives have been challenged in ways that uh, you they could have never imagined. Uh, like what Dr. McCullough has been through personally himself, speaking about all the things. And as we'll talk about a little bit after here, his book, The, the Courage to Face COVID-19, and with John Leake, uh, tells that whole story in a profound way. I mean, I've read the book, and it's, it's remarkable, uh, the story they tell. You know, there, there are many warriors out there who have been fighting for this truth. Why, people? Because it's in their heart. It's in their soul. And they just have a need to put it out there. They're not going to be, it's not going to be pushed under the carpet. I get that. I get that. My objective here is to put a platform out there that encourages free speech and allows people to speak the truth. And I love what you just said a moment ago, McCullough. I got to, I got to say, when and you're, you speak my language when you say, you know, we got to bring all sides of the discussion to the table. See, that's exactly what my goal is in life. Always has been. Bring all the conversations to the table. Let's have a dialogue. Let's have a real conversation. Always as ladies and gentlemen. Why can't we do that? Of course we can. But you see, when evil besets and evil infiltrates the dialogue, it, it blows everything up, people. And that's what we're dealing with here. And, and I will just, I won't go down that road, but I'm going to tell you, it's a fight of good and evil we're dealing with here. There's no doubt in my mind. On to well, the point. Ma ma Malcolm, I wanted to say one thing, though, that um, let, let's say on this major psychological theory about why people are thinking this way. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can talk to experts on McCullough Report. I've talked to Mark McDonald. He has a book out, The United States of Fear, which largely agrees with Matthias Desmond on his psychology of totalitarianism, his book. And then we have Peter Bregan on the platform who's on Pulse. He's been on multiple uh, platform shows. He's been on the McCullough Report. And he, he has a different viewpoint. We tend to defer to authority. That is psychology and, and psychiatry are their field. So I, I'm not in this field. So I, I honestly, I am going to go with these guys, right? Because they're, they're the experts. Amen. And so because we tend to defer to authority, yeah. it makes it even more important that we have to have discourse among these uh, people in authority. They have to talk to each other. America's not seeing that on center stage. Yeah. And, and it's so important. I think everybody can understand. Uh, thank you for saying that. I mean, you know, the one thing I know about you, when you enter the room or you enter the conversation, the dialogue, it's never about ego for you, uh, Peter. And it's never it, it never is about that for you. It's net, you always leave that outside of it and you get to the truth and you always rely on the data. You are a unicorn in this entire deal. Everybody knows it. I mean, all listeners know this. I'm not telling anybody they, anything they don't know. I'm just observing the obvious uh, and not afraid to put it out there. You understand people? So it is what it is. Um, Dr. Simone Gold, I want to get to the point of her. She's been prosecuted 70 days, six, uh, I'm sorry, 60 days in jail. Uh, and she'll have a record, all of this stuff. And uh, it's being called selective prosecution uh, because she was involved or in the wrong place at the wrong time in the Capital Six thing, whatever. I mean, she didn't do anything profound and certainly something that one would be locked up for. Uh, she's been called out. She's been, you know, she was one of the first people with the white jacket. You remember seeing the screen, the, the frontline doctors and all of that. Well, that was a big moment for all of us when we seen that. It was like, wow. And the hydroxychloroquine, all that conversation. Remember that started back then, you know, that in 2020. That's where all that came from. 
So in any event, we want to raise awareness and raise funds for Dr. Simone Gold. You'll be seeing these messages go up on the network and the platform here at America Out Loud. More than that, I want to bring awareness to the problem. Uh, One of our uh, sponsored products, uh, tremendous people, the Genesis Fogger, I want to mention right now up front with you. uh, And I want to mention Hypochlorus. And I want to tell you about this real quickly because it's worth it. And uh, this is a hypochlorous, first of all. If you don't know anything about it, you need to learn about it. But I learned about it. There's a free ebook. Just get the ebook. Go to the America Out Loud, click on the uh, HOCL. You'll see a Genesis Fogger there. Just click on it. It's a free ebook and read through it, and you'll get an education you, you will appreciate very much. And, uh, and Or you can go to genesisfogger.com forward slash. Genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. That's it. And you'll also get the free ebook. And our listeners, if you end up getting the uh, the Fogger, it's 15% off. But anyways, uh, the proceeds, uh, 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 part of these proceeds and all of these Foggers this month are going to Simone Gold to help her with the legal fund, which as McCullough knows, is a very expensive proposition to be able to represent yourself and to have the funds to be able to do this wisely. So that's what we're trying to do is put up a case to help Fast hypochlorous, it's 100% hypoallergenic, 100% non-toxic, safety is around the kids, the pets, the plants. Uh, I mean, it, it's 100 times more effective than chlorine bleach. You can put it on your fruits and vegetables and eat it. How do, how do you like that? But that doesn't even, that sounds weird, doesn't it, Peter? I mean, the fact that you can do all that, it's an amazing product, I guess, is hypochlorous. Anyways, you put it in the fogger, it creates a dry mist, kills pathogens in the room, SARS-CoV-2, superbugs, viruses, influenzas, that sort of thing. Uh, Peter, you have one of these. It's an amazing product, is it not? It sure is. And I think it's, you know, it's great uses in public spaces. I just finished at the hospital today and I think they used one outside my office. Uh, I don't know if a sick patient had come through or what the circumstances were, uh, but I'm seeing institutions use them more and more. And it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, believe it or not, some friends of mine went to Mexico, they went to Cabo and they were showing that, uh, I guess through one of the processing ports there, that they literally had people go into a little cube and they used uh, probably um, HOCL as the decontaminant. And, um, I, you know, you may see that more and more, I think certainly in public spaces, you know, there are people with disabilities at home, people on oxygen, people who, who they really can't afford to get sick with anything. And home care workers come in the house, other people come in the house, and there the Genesis Fogger can really play a role in reducing the density of these pathogens, in fact, eliminating them and, and giving people peace of mind. You know, I'm just thinking out loud here, which is what I do actually in my life. If you had the Genesis Fogger and the HOCL and you had a nasal rinse for your nose, whether it's uh, you make the solution yourself with the povidone iodine or use the Co-Fix or use Clear or whatever, some sort of a nasal hygiene, my golly, you could avoid all the vaccines I'm going to suggest and probably stay healthy and clear of a lot of these diseases. Is that a, is that a true statement I make there or what? Uh, it is true that um, not only do these nasal washes reduce your chances of getting something, but once you get it, it reduces the time that you have it and your infectivity to others. Uh, probably some of you can tell my voice is a little beat up. I, over the last two weeks, I've had a series of upper respiratory tract infections. I've already had COVID t- twice. I didn't test for it. And now I'm in some type of post-asthmatic phase. But I've been religious on using the nasal and oral rinses and products 
My wife's been with me the whole time. She hasn't gotten it. No one that I've been around has gotten sick with anything. So it's allowed me to kind of function and get through uh, without affecting others. Uh, you know, and I have been uh, courteous uh, and I've worn a mask and, you know, I'm not anti-mask. I know you're not anti-mask, no. but wearing masks when it's appropriate, when you're sick and you're around others, put on a mask. It's decent. It's decent human behavior that you don't want to infect somebody else. You're exactly right, Peter. That's exactly it. And there's nothing more to it than that. But don't force us to use it when we don't need it, because that's nonsense or for political reasons or for your political agenda, because that's double nonsense. Uh, now, a couple of things on this nasal. Linda says, I do the navel, the nasal, uh, the navel. Uh, I do the nasal rinse. It could be another thing. The nasal rinses and gargling religiously. My question is, what can we do for the eyes? That is also a point of entry to the virus. Is there any antiviral solution available to the eye Boy, that's an interesting question. Do you know of anything? Yes, there are povidone iodine eye drops. Wow. So, believe it or not, it can be used as an eye drop. Topically, the only thing is you can't swallow it. Right, right. Interesting. I didn't know that, but that's good to know. There you go, Linda. All right, Terry says my 82-year-old mother has my 82-year-old mother has three Moderna shots. She's been invited on a cruise, and I'm concerned she will take the fourth shot to protect herself. Supposedly, I would like to give her ivermectin to use as a prophylactic, but she's too afraid after being after being repeatedly told here in Canada from our health officials that it's horse dewormer and dangerous to her. Myself, my husband, our adult kids have all used ivermectin with success, dealing with Delta. Well, you bet, Terry, I hear you. Can you recommend a preventive nasal spray that she would use on her trip? Any other advice would be appreciated. Wow. Yeah, well, the preventive nasal spray is one we offer on our platform, Cofix RX. Um, I think that's well suited because you don't really need the deep wash. You simply need something that's going to get up there and defend the nasal passages. So using that twice a day is fine. Now, ivermectin use once every five days uh, is perfectly fine. If we, 400 micrograms per kilogram, that means the average person is taking uh, you know, 18 to 24 milligrams of ivermectin every five days. That's perfectly fine. The advantage of taking some ivermectin is that if she gets sick on the cruise boat, you can hit it hard early without scrambling for the medicines and get her out of it before she gets really sick. One of the concerns, if you're on a cruise boat and you get COVID-19 and they pull you off and you're in a foreign country, a lot of times they'll put you in a COVID uh, hotel or motel and take everything away from you and no treatment. And then you get really sick and you can end up in the hospital. That happened to one of my family members. So um, I, I'd rather have the medicines uh, on board and do it. I think at this point in time, a fourth vaccine is not going to provide any additional improvement. A paper in the Wingo Journal of Medicine by Amit and colleagues showed vaccine efficacy far less than 50%. It's, mm. it's, essentially, it's essentially not helpful to take the, the, the fourth shot. It's, it shouldn't make anybody falsely assured that they're not going to get it. There you go, Terry. There you go. There's the advice right there. So uh, use that, please, in good health uh, for your mom on the cruise. Uh, and uh, and my wife's mom, who is 83, my wife contracted COVID the second time. I think I told you all a few weeks back. And she was with her when she got it. And I was so worried that her mom would get it. And if she got it with her comorbidities, I mean, there's no doubt we would lose her. Her, her mom. And uh, she took the Cofix every eight hours. And I, by the grace of God, I can't explain it to you people, but she never got 
the COVID, it never happened. So, and that's 82 years with comorb, 83 with comorbidity. So that should tell you plenty right there. So I firmly believe in these products and I would use them at all costs, no matter what, because they work, they're effective. And there's no doubt about that. Um, real quickly, these other couple things here, I just want to get these in. And then uh, there, this is from Vera. Uh, Dr. McCullough, I've heard you say that often it's not necessary to use ivermectin with Omicron, that often you can get by with the povidone, iodine, and nutraceuticals. Okay, cool. My husband and I are 85 and 75 years old, unvaxxed and unexposed so far to COVID. If we should experience some cold-like symptoms, how can we decide whether or when to start on the ivermectin if we are doing the iodine nasal washes as well? I understand it's best to start within three days, but how do we know if we need to use it? You know, uh, at this age group, I would use ivermectin. It'd be 600 micrograms per kilogram. So typical dose would be anywhere from like 28 to 36 to 48 milligrams of ivermectin a day for five days. I think the best is to have one of these home rapid antigen kits. You just do it discreetly. You don't have to broadcast to people that you're doing a test. And if you have the characteristic symptoms and you test positive, it's very likely that you have it. Um, here's a couple interesting notes. Omicron is, uh, is, is leading with a sore throat, much more like the common cold, nasal congestion. And almost in every case, there's fever. There's fever. That's defined as the temperature greater than 101.5. The common cold can lead with a sore throat, can later on get some nasal stuffiness, but rarely has a fever in the first couple of days. With uh, previous versions of COVID-19, it led with loss of a taste and smell early, nasal congestion, and rarely had a sore throat. So, you know, the, the, the syndrome is changing over time. Fortunately, with Omicron, there's little pulmonary involvement and uh, patients get through it, you know, analogous to a common cold. Okay. All right. This one's from Joe. I live in the UK and can't get povidine iodine. I didn't know this. I don't know if you knew this, Dr. McCullough. So he lives in the UK, can't get the povidine iodine. I can get hydrogen uh, peroxide, yeah, to make a nasal spray, but after diluting it to a 0.75 solution and adding a pinch of salt, it still stings when I use it. Is this dilution correct? Also, I've heard of the nasal spray advertised on the Outlaw program. It's called Clear. Uh, it contains grapefruit seed extract and xylitol. Is there a good alternative to you? Is, is this a good alternative to use? And are there any scientific studies showing the benefits of xylitol nasal sprays? Uh, well, the last part, the answer is yes. There's actually a, a, a good wealth of information on scientific studies. It clearly uh, works to combat viruses and uh, bacteria in the nose. Clear is very well tolerated and it comes in a pretty big bottle. So you can squirt it up there and sniff it back and, and spit it out. Now it's spelled X-L-E-A-R. So people know X-L-E-R it comes in a green bottle. The solution itself is kind of pinkish. It's almost sweet when you taste it back there, uh, but you clearly can do that twice a day and that works. When you're working with hydrogen peroxide, a standard dilution is half a teaspoon in 1.5 ounces of water and a pinch of salt. But if it stings, it means that, you know, the nasal mucosa are more sensitive. There may be a polyp or maybe some chronic sinusitis. I would take whatever dilution you have, let's say it's in a small bottle, and pour half of it out and then pour in just water on top of it, shake it up and use it. Dilute by that half-half principle until you get to a point where it doesn't sting. You can't make these dilute enough. 
it takes very little of iodine, hydrogen peroxide, xylitol, cartagenin. It takes very little of these products to actually kill the virus. All right. And Clear is another great product. Again, as Dr. McCullough said, X-L-E-A-R, it is spelled. If you go to americaoutloud.com and you see our, our sponsored partnerships right there, there's a Clear ad right there. If you click it, you'll be able to get a lot of information on Clear as well. Um, in fact, I will tell you another little uh, teaser I will tell you. Uh, Nathan Jones, the CEO there, I've invited him on a program, which I'll keep posted on the network. I'll tell you about it later. Uh, and he'll join us on there. Tell us more about the nasal and Dr. McCullough. It should be quite fascinating. Uh, so I'm learning a lot more about the xylitol as well. So I don't profess to know a lot about it, but everything I see and read about it is really good. Now, we're just happy to put products out there that work for you. You've got to make the ultimate decision. It is your choice uh, to make these conscious decisions of what's going to work best for you. We can only share our own personal stories, which we do, and tell you the evidence and the data. We can't tell you anything more than that. Now, Cofix RX, real simple. Uh, our listeners get 20% off of that product. That's the bottom line. CofixRx.com forward slash out loud. Uh, get you 20% or use the code out loud. That uh, banner ad, again, is back at America Out Loud. You can't miss them. It's in the center column. You'll see all the little, we keep them very easy. They're very well. They're not like flashing advertisements and things you got to X off. They're just there for you to use. They're to benefit your life. So anyways, go check out the Cofix RX. You get 20% off with the Out Loud code. That's what that is all about. And the Povidon Iodine Mix has been very successful uh, thus far. Listen, we'll take a quick pause here on the Micro Out Loud Pulse. A lot more questions ahead here. We'll return in just a moment. It's summertime. Ready for your vacation to the beach, the lake, or the mountains? But what about your accommodations? Ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests? Kathy G. from Tulsa says the Genesis Fogger gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling. With Genesis, she knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. This is Dr. Peter McCullough. Do you know there's no other condition that I'm aware of where vitamins and supplements make such a big difference than COVID-19? We have a, an abundance of data that we need to be replete with a variety of micronutrients, and that includes vitamins, minerals, and other substances our bodies need. I rely on Healthy Cell Super Boost. That's immune super boost. It's a, a gel pack that can be taken every day. I like to do it before I exercise and before I go out. It's a wonderful supplement. It gives me the immune super boost that I need. Go to HealthyCell.com, use the promotional code OUTLOUD, and get a discount on your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off any order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com. 
H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpitone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Okay, welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, and along with Dr. Peter McCullough, it's always a joy to be with you, my fellow Americans, and to our friends around the globe. Uh, in, in, to be clear, it is always my privilege uh, to be here with you, and I always consider it as such. So, uh, we are dealing with a lot of questions today. We're going to jump in now. I'm going to get into the high-speed lane on the questions, so bear with me. And I'm going to say less and let Dr. McCullough answer as many as we can here. Uh, this is our 31st, by the way, uh, Q&A, as well as all the topical information and stories we cover up front in the program. This one's from Margaret. Can you discuss aspirating a syringe before injecting the uh, mRNA shot? I've heard that by not aspirating, the injection could end up going directly into the bloodstream. And that is what can cause cardiac and other issues. Uh, what do you say to that? It is true with any intradermal injection, there should be a pullback on the plunger to make sure you're not in a blood vessel before we push forward. So make sure you watch for the nurses to do that. If it's directly into an artery and vein, it's certainly possible to get more of the material circulatory more rapidly, which is the last thing you want because we know that the brain, a heart, a bone marrow, and the blood system is injured by these products and we don't want them in the bloodstream. It's, it's actually very unfortunate now that both messenger RNA and its product, the spike protein, have been found circulatory in the bloodstream for quite some time after vaccination. Okay, Marty says, are skin rashes a known COVID shot reaction? Yes, skin rashes are known and there's a variety of them. Some of them are these kind of ugly, uh, bloody looking skin rashes over the arms and legs. Uh, be on the watch out for uh, a what's called a dermatographic reaction. That is a super itchy skin rash on the arms and the chest. And when you actually uh, take a pencil or a pen and you just touch the skin, you can actually write and there'll be redness coming up on the skin. That one's particularly difficult to treat and it needs a, a monoclonal antibody called omalizumab and prednisone. So there's a variety of skin rashes. There's one deadly skin rash I want everyone to be aware of. And that typically occurs after two weeks, more commonly with AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, but it can happen with Pfizer and Moderna. And the skin rash is what's called palpable purpura. And that is a purplish skin rash that looks like a blotches. It almost looks like bruising just underneath the skin. If it's associated with bleeding from the gums and the nose, that's almost certainly what's called VITT, vaccine-induced thrombocytopenic purpurea. You want to go to the ER get a CBC, PT, PGT, and full evaluation, you'll probably need to be hospitalized. So uh, that VITT skin rash is worth looking up because uh, it can certainly be fatal if it's if the patient still gets supportive care and get hospitalized. Well, that's important. Uh, Curtis says, 20-month-old, otherwise healthy boy, brings home COVID-19, test positive, 
from exposure from adult at a daycare. Parents very bright, but indoctrinated by California medical lunacy. <laughs> Love that. Child finally broke the fever uh, day three, but borderline dehydrated, lack of wet diapers. Two or three a day, but went 15 hours one time. Dry slowly, getting better eight days in, but eats little, only cold oatmeal. Drinks little, some water, some milk. How does one suggest an alternate helping therapies and what might they be for a 20, 21 month old? What should now be said to my daughter about the child? This is the granddaughter, I guess. Wow. Be said to my daughter about the child vax. Any articles addressing these issues in younger kids? Well, you know, the child certainly got through the illness. So the vaccine is definitely not indicated for a child who's already had COVID and the FDA agrees they excluded children like this from the clinical trials. Now, looking backwards, the better way to manage is actually the fever is much more responsive to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. So you can use liquid Motrin, for instance, in a child like this. Uh, that's a better approach than, than liquid Tylenol. You certainly can use the two together, but Motrin would be preferred. Uh, the other thing is uh, to use Pedialyte. That dehydration uh, is important. It's not like the baby actually got dehydrated. Now is uh, you know a little bit behind on nutrition and hydration, trying to pull out of it. Uh, the child will do fine, and you know may need to use you know change the formula a little bit, increase the volume a little bit, and the child will improve. Uh, but this was for this child a serious illness and. Congratulations for the family and bringing the child through, not panicking. Some parents panic and bring kids like this to the ER. And of course, they're hospitalized. Most of the pediatric hospitalizations have been unnecessary panic hospitalizations. John says, thank you, uh, Dr. McCullough and Malcolm. I'm concerned with the current quarantine protocol one must follow if COVID positive vaxxed or not. And can you catch COVID from someone who is asymptomatic? No, there's no asymptomatic spread, but there's a spread of the virus as soon as somebody feels viral. And that's the trick. Uh, you know, as soon as you start to feel like you're coming down with it, now with Omicron, that leading sore throat, the minute there's a sore throat or a dry, scratchy throat, then you're contagious. Lisa says, I'm just recovering from Omicron now. I'm unvaccinated and I'm just wondering, can I get Omicron again? So far, the Omicron umbrella has been durable. And there have not been reports of people breaking through within that uh, within that umbrella. Now, previously, if you had Alpha or Delta, you could get Omicron. But we'll have to see if the virus keeps mutating. Uh, we'll have to see if one can get a, a second infection in the Omicron line. Omicron is uh, on the rise again. It's BA5. But the, the victims are typically those who are fully vaccinated. Okay. Merrily says, now that I have successfully gotten my mother to agree to not take another shot. This is an 87 year old woman who was on blood thinners, but had a stroke a month or so after her third shot. Wow. And is now recovering in a nursing home. Now that she has not taken the latest booster, how can I help her if she does get the virus? Her doctor was not on board with the decision to not vax. And since this is a small city of 50,000 or less, how do I find a doctor willing to promptly treat her with your uh, protocols, recommended steps, uh, when she does get sick, I feel like we don't have any options. Thank you a thousand times over for taking this follow-up question. You're such a good doctor and person of the court. God bless you and Malcolm. What do you say to Merrily? There's several things you can do. Certainly go to truthforhealth.org, truthforhealth.org. Download the treatment protocol. Look at the uh, over-the-counter bundle of 
necessary items and build that shoebox of necessary items, including zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, quercetin, and famotidine or pepsid. So build that shoebox. Certainly have your nasal and oral wash rinse approach. We've covered that today. Uh, you can uh, you know look at the telemedicine services that are available. Many of them are available. And be ready, you know, myfreedoctor.com, FLCC, AFLDS, uh, be ready to use the telemedicine services uh, to get drugs prescribed promptly if needed. But if you have the OTC bundle and you're ready to go with the watches uh, and, and, and catch it right away, you can do that in somebody in their 80s and 90s and while, while you're working on getting the medications and you'll be in good shape. Yeah. And for those out there who are looking for meds or appointments and you can't get the meds and you're in various states, myfreedoctor.com is a phenomenal source. I've spoken to them several times in past months and they're terrific people and they want to help. So there's a, there's a resource. A lot of you write in and ask me. There it is right there, myfreedoctor.com. And they're, they're good and it legitimately is free and you can put a donation in at the end or whatever, but it, it, they're good people. Uh, Alisa says, everyone unvaccinated, every unvaccinated female wants to know about having intercourse with a vaccinated male. Our concern is that the semen is infected with spike proteins causing a cervical cancer and a, a, a uterine cancer. I've not heard any conversation about this. Please surprise. Wow. Well, I tell you, that's a good question. Uh, we now know that the... Um, Messenger RNA is circulatory for two weeks, so almost certainly it's in semen. And we know the uh, spike protein is circulatory for a month. That's what's been extended. So I would say at least a month of no sexual intercourse is reasonable. Now, beyond that, is the semen chronically contaminated with spike protein? Uh, it's, it's unknown right now. We, the research is going to have to come forward. There is a concern, though, because you mentioned, uh, she mentioned uterine and ovarian cancers. They are governed by uh, BRCA, the BRCA gene, and the S2 segment of the spike protein unfavorably interacts with the tumor suppressor capabilities of BRCA. So it is within the realm of reason that chronic spike protein exposure through sexual intercourse could be oncogenic to the woman who, uh, let's say, has a BRCA mutation. It's all, you know, this is all leading edge. It's all hypothesis generating, uh, but I think it should be a concern. Now, the longer the period of time that goes on after vaccination, the less the concern uh, th there is, but the, the safest type of intercourse you could possibly have would be in, among two unvaccinated people. Okay, uh, there you go. Uh, Suzanne, uh, recently I've had a couple of friends and relatives with issues with low blood pressure uh, in a couple of cases to the point of requiring a pacemaker, all of them were vaccinated and boosted uh, several times over. Is hypertension a possible adverse effect of the COVID-19 vaccines boosters? The answer is yes, clearly. And I've had patients with either the respiratory illness or the vaccine shortly after where it need a pacemaker. I had somebody today like that. So it certainly can happen. The conduction system in the body does have a frailty to it as one gets older, Blood pressure can go up or down with the vaccines. And we know the vaccines can cause, you know, subclinical damage to the uh, heart. And actually in a paper by Choi and colleagues, 
And a fatal case of myocarditis in a young 22-year-old Korean man, one of the notations in his histopathology was the conduction system was damaged. It was right there in the slides. And the conduction system is, is typically what goes out when someone needs a pacemaker. Okay. Uh, Danielle says, my son will be attending UC Berkeley this fall. And the school is mandating the COVID shot or as they call it, vaccine. He's 18, as of now, very healthy. I am not COVID vaccinated because I am a healthy 60-year-old woman. Which of the vaccines would you suggest? <clears throat> Excuse me. My doctor says a healthy, <laughs> listen to this, here's the caveat. My doctor says a healthy 18-year-old should not have to get the COVID shot. Well, your doctor's smart, obviously, Danielle, uh, but all California uh, colleges are requiring it. What do you say to Danielle in that case? The kid don't go to college or leave the state, right? Well, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, obviously, if they can apply for exemptions, they would uh, on a variety of uh, reasons. But there's there's no 18-year-old who needs to take one of these COVID vaccines. None of them are sufficiently safe to take just for matriculation reasons. And I think what we're going to see is a lot of people just transferring. I mean, Cal, Cal Berkeley is a great place. It's one of the top institutions in the country. But people are going to uh, have to walk. And I can tell you, if this kid can get into Cal Berkeley and get any university in the, in the nation, yeah, yeah. And they're just going to have to make a change. You know, in Texas, we only had small, four small universities require the vaccines, four small ones, all the big private and public, no requirement. Well, my daughter's in college at uh, just turning, uh, she's just 20 and now, and uh, we did not do any of that vaccine business. And my son is just going to be going in, uh, he's 18. And quite frankly, that is off the table. They are not being vaccined and that is just not an option. So either the school will have to deal with it or we will change schools or change states or change countries or change planets or whatever the hell we got to do, but we're not doing the vaccine. So that's as simple as I can put it. All right, Cindy says, <laughs> I have a vaccinated friend who's having ear sinus issues. Symptoms are dizziness, vertigo, and nausea. Her doctor has not identified the problem. Is it likely the vaccine may be responsible? It certainly is, particularly if there's ringing in the ears. Uh, there's what's called tinnitus, and then there's, uh, you know, this dizziness, what's called vestibular neuronitis. Those are characteristically due to the vaccine. They may take a long time to, to go away. Uh, my friends, thank you for joining us here on the mission here on America Out Pulse. Remember, we're always a beat ahead.